This podcast is brought to you by the American Thoracic Society. We help the world breathe. Hello, and welcome to the Lung Science Podcast. My name is Eric Morell, and I'm an assistant professor in the Division of Pulmonary, Critical Care, and Sleep Medicine at the University of Washington. With me to discuss electronic cigarette use alters nasal mucosal immune response to live attenuated influenza vaccine is Dr. Megan Rabuli, who is an assistant professor in the School of Medicine at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill. Dr. Rabuli's research focuses on investigating sex-specific effects of air pollutants and new and emerging tobacco products on pulmonary health. She has developed non-invasive nasal sampling techniques to evaluate biomarkers of immune status in prospective and observational clinical cohorts. She also utilizes translational cell culture models to investigate mechanisms of sex by environment interactions. Dr. Rabuli, thanks for joining us. Uh, just to kind of start off, could you please explain the rationale for your study and why the questions you asked are important to our listeners? Sure, thanks for inviting me. Um, at the time we started this study, Electronic cigarettes or e-cigarettes were just emerging on the market, and there were many unknowns about the impact of e-cigarettes on respiratory health, especially because e-cigarettes were rapidly being picked up by youth and adolescents, and because there was very little regulatory oversight, we were really concerned about e-cigarettes as respiratory toxicants. To that effect, there were also some studies emerging that linked e-cigarette use to immune suppression within the respiratory tract. Also, based on some prior studies, we knew that cigarette smoking compromised the respiratory immune response to viral infection. So we were really curious as to whether another tobacco product like e-cigarettes would do the same. We set out to answer this question using a controlled influenza infection model, the live attenuated influenza vaccine, which is abbreviated LAIV. And it's also known by its brand name, Flu Mist. This vaccine is a live virus administered through the nose, but it's attenuated, so you only uh, so it only replicates in the cooler temperatures of your nose and can't survive the higher temperatures of the lower airway. The nose is also a really important site of infection for viruses like influenza and SARS-CoV-2. It's where the virus first enters the respiratory cells, begins replication, and eventually spreads throughout the respiratory system. Thus, the LAIV model allowed us to study the effects of a viral infection and viral replication in really relevant tissues, or the nose, in cohorts of healthy non-smokers, cigarette smokers, and e-cigarette users. I think understanding the effects of e-cigarettes on the response to viral infection is important because it can tell us whether e-cigarette use makes individuals more susceptible to infection or alters the response to infection. And this can help in the public health management of viral infection providing information to healthcare providers on susceptibility and potential individuals who might need extra care. As 10.9 million were found to use e-cigarettes in 2019, this could potentially affect a really large group of individuals. Indeed, yeah, no, e-cigarettes and tobacco in general obviously are are major public health um, concerns. So that was a really great introduction to your study. Um, Could you next describe the, the main findings of your study? Sure. For this study, we collected nasal, urine, and blood samples pre and post inoculation with the vaccine in our three separate groups. We then examined cytokines and chemokines as well as influenza-specific immunoglobulin A, immune gene expression, and markers of viral load. We found that nasal immune gene expression differed in the tobacco use groups compared to the non-smokers. In particular, a greater number of genes were changed in the e-cigarette use group and they were mostly downregulated genes critical for defense against viruses and generation of immune memory. 
We've also found signs of disrupted immune memory when virus-specific mucosal immunoglobulin A didn't increase in e-cigarette users post-vaccine. This increase in antibody production is critical for generating immunity. And so this lack of increased production in e-cigarette users was concerning. Overall, we saw signs that appropriate and necessary immune responses to viral infection were suppressed in both e-cigarette users and cigarette smokers. And these findings suggest that overall e-cigarette users may be at increased risk for suppressed post-defense functions in the context of respiratory viral infection, which particularly now in the midst of a respiratory virus pandemic has important public health implications. Yeah, it seems, it was interesting. It seemed like a lot of one takeaway from the, the study was that there was general downregulation of immune genes and nasal epithelial cells in, the, uh, in smokers and e-cigarette users versus non-smokers. However, it, it did look like there were some genes that were upregulated in the e-cigarette users. What were some of the genes and pathways that were upregulated in the e-cigarette in the e users? That's correct. While, while most of the genes were downregulated in e-cigarette users, there were a couple of key genes that were upregulated, and these included CD19, BST1, and CKLF. And CKLF in particular drew our attention as it encodes a, pot a potent chemoattractant for immune cells, and it's associated with infiltration of, of inflammatory cells and pulmonary damage in other contexts. An increased airway inflammation in e-cigarette users has also been seen in other studies independent of infection, and so we were kind of confirming these other studies including another study by the Terran group at UNC that observed that e-cigarette users had red friable airways during bronchoscopies. And so this was really interesting, uh, you know, secondary confirmation of some of these other findings in previous studies. Yeah, no, these are really exciting findings. Uh, I'm curious, what are the next studies that you or others should conduct to kind of carry your, your, your findings forward? That's a great question. Uh, first, we're really interested in following up on the effects of e-cigarette use on antibody production. This is a really unique finding for this study, and we'd really like to complete a longer follow-up uh, study that has a longer follow-up window and more frequent sample collections in a similar study design to see whether antibodies in these e-cigarette users are just generated later than non-smokers. Maybe we missed the window, or whether this antibody production is just overall lower in e-cigarette users. Um, which would be important uh, in, in the terms of generating immunity to vaccines. I'd also really like to follow up on a very unique finding for this study, which is the interaction of sex and exposure. Uh, sex as a biological variable is an important new emphasis for the NIH, and so it's something that we're really interested in following up. Sex has been demonstrated as a modifier of viral infection and tobacco use individually, but this is the first time an interaction has been observed. Um, however, because of our limitations and our sample size, we weren't able to analyze this interaction in depth or stratify the results by sex and compare between males and females. So I'm hopeful we'll be able to do this in follow-up studies in the future. And then finally, the e-cigarette landscape, if you know, any, anyone in e-cigarette uh, research knows this, is, is constantly changing and evolving. And so since the conclusion of our, our sample collection in 2007, there's been a lot of changes in the market. So the, the pod-based devices and disposable devices have been introduced. Nicotine salt-based e-cig formulations and a variety of additives to e-cigarettes have been introduced to the market. And so it would be really beneficial to understand how these changes in device types and e-liquid formulations might modify this response to viral infection as well. Yeah, and just one last question kind of carrying for the kind of clinical applicability of the study. In what other ways do you think that these findings might influence clinical care or public health in the, in the future? 
So I think this is a critically important question. Um, E-cigarette use isn't often asked, thought to be asked about in the clinical setting. You know, many people think about you know, cigarette use and alcohol and e-cigarettes are, are important to ask about during clinical care. So the details about onset of use, the frequency, the type of products that are used and anything done to modify these products might be really essential in understanding any e-cigarette induced health effects that you know, are presented in the clinic. Asking about e-cigarette use is also a great way to start a conversation about nicotine addiction and any options that are available for cessation. And then finally, if these results are validated in future studies, it'd be really important to discuss e-cigarette use as a susceptibility factor for viral infections. And thus e-cigarette users may need to be more careful about the use of personal protective equipment or other preventative measures during flu season or even during the current viral pandemic. Well, thank you very much, uh, Dr. Abouli. This was a wonderful study that you and the rest of your team have conducted and we really appreciate you taking the time to uh, share your work with us today. We encourage our listeners to read the full article, which was published in January's issue of the Red Journal. This episode of the Lung Science Podcast was brought to you by the American Journal of Respiratory Cell and Molecular Biology. If you would like to listen to more episodes of the podcast series, please visit atsjournals.org or subscribe to the Lung Science Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Thanks again for listening. Please stay safe and have a great day.